Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Backstraight Boys and Girl, your semi-regular dose of witterings uh, for lockdown athletics fan ears. I'm Claire. I'm Joe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're going, let's go in Zoom order, Jodie, yeah? No, so let's, we're, we're, no we're, we're all being different, different orders. Oh, different. Okay. Jodie's before you on mine. <laughs> yeah, I'm all first right. on mine. All right, go, go, go again. You go first, Jodie. Go in birth order. Okay, I'm Claire. <laughs> I'm Jodie. I'm Bayo. Famously, we are big fans of Sprint Queens on the Backstreet Boys and Girl, but today we are joined by two jump queens. So it is with absolute delight that I introduce this week's guests, Morgan Lake and Jasmine Sawyers. Ladies, welcome along. How are you? Thank um, you. Good. Yeah, I'm good. Now, well, we are both big fans of the show. So, oh. you know, we've, we've come and said hi before, but always, always a pleasure because we're fans ourselves. <laughs> Honestly, like the shows that you've had the last couple of weeks have been so good. So been getting me through. Oh. <laughs> oh. That means a lot. Thank you. <laughs> and also, you know what means a lot is the fact that you two were so punctual coming on today because the way that we're recording is over a Zoom call. So I gave you a time to be on Zoom and then mm-hmm. by default there's a place <laughs> for being on a Zoom call because you've got to be near your laptop so that we can record mm-hmm. and we can talk. Um, can you give us the inside line here as athletes? How difficult is it to be in a certain time and place as specified? Well you know what? Um, sometimes the plans do change and you need to be in a different place but what you do is you tell, you let people know in advance <laughs> that you're going to be in a different place at that time and it might seem really complicated but actually if you just say, I'm actually going to be here at this time when I thought I was going to be there at that time, then it, it's generally okay. Like we've made it here, right? We've, we've managed. Yeah, we're really, really pleased you didn't go Christmas shopping instead. Yeah. So. <laughs> so let's say that we arranged a Zoom call and one of you had been late and we got, oh, no, don't worry about it, it happens to the best of us. And then it happened again. And then it happened another time. And we had, there was this kind of unwritten podcast recording rule that you couldn't be late for a Zoom call more than three times. You'd be super careful, wouldn't you, right? What I'd probably do is set an alarm for the Zoom call. Um, because according to Zoom call rules, as you said, you can't do that more than three times. Otherwise, you're going to be banned from Zoom calls, you know, for a considerable amount of time. And I don't want to do that because, you know, I love Zoom calls. Um, so I would set an alarm that would say, hey, you've got a Zoom call. Make sure you're there. So that's just my take, though. <laughs> It's been a very thinly veiled metaphor. Of course, what we are talking about is the fact that Christian Coleman and also NASA have recently been caught napping when it comes to being around for drugs testing. Jodie and Bayo, I think you've been doing a bit of reading up on the situation. Do you think that Coleman's ban is completely legitimate? Is there any excuse for the fact that he's now missed four tests within about, I think, about 18 months? Well, we should say he hasn't been hasn't been banned yet. He's on a provisional like um, suspension. Suspension, mm, yeah. Um, it's all very messy because, of course, last year he actually had three missed. One of which he got away with on a technicality, too complicated to explain, but absolutely ridiculous, which allowed him to compete at the World Championships last year. Um, but that did still mean he had two hanging. Um, now this December, just gone, um, he apparently wasn't where he was supposed to be at his home. In the evening, which is a weird time, I think I'm correct in saying that most athletes tend to do it between six and seven in the morning to make sure that mm-hmm. um, they're actually in the, in the location they're supposed to be. Um, this time he'd gone Christmas shopping to the mall around the corner. And in his 
ridiculous statement that he's released on Twitter. <laughs> self-pitying, like, every excuse in the book statement. Oh. He's mad because um, apparently they didn't try hard enough to, to get hold of him, but he wasn't in any way. He said he was shopping, so it doesn't matter how much they knocked him <laughs> the address. Um, he's also complained that they didn't call him. There's absolutely no obligation that a Chester should, should call an athlete. No. And then he seems to think it's a big plot to get him. My favourite his my favourite thing he said is they're messing with his ability to create generational wealth. <laughs> oh my god. Like, he has a disregard for, for the for the testing procedure. And I'm not saying it's it is a little bit complicated, but every, athletes across the world manage to do it and have done it now for fifteen years. So he just seems to have a disregard for it. Uh, and it's even like, he, he doesn't even say sorry. It's always, it's someone else's fault. It's nothing he's done wrong. It's the system. It's everything else. It's not acceptable. The statement's all over the place. The statement starts off being like, well, they went to the wrong address. Right, okay. If they went to the wrong address, then you have a total case. Stop telling them you weren't there. If they were at the wrong address. Honestly, it's like, I've got the receipts to prove I wasn't where I was. He's got literal, literal receipts, literal receipts to prove that he's talking rubbish. So. Like, oh, I wasn't where I was supposed to be. I can prove it to you. But also, <laughs> you weren't there either. What are you talking about, Christian? Hey, the word. implication, the implication seems to be that he should be able to go anywhere within like a few miles of his house during his slot. And then the testers should let him know that they're there. That's yeah. not how it works. No. Be in your house for the slot. And people are coming back to me on Twitter going, well, are you expected to wait by the doorbell for an hour? No, you just have to be in your house. Like you don't have to sit at the door. <laughs> With your arm within, within, outstretched or a pee yeah, in your hand. Looking through the letterbox. <laughs> Where are they? Yeah, you should be able to be in, in ears distance from the doorbell, though, not shopping, like for Christmas presents. Um, the one thing I did just want to say, because it, it does seem a little bit confusing about his time frame, because they came between 7.30 and 8.30 in the evening, and I can't believe anyone puts that down as, as their slot. Also, he was complaining about not getting called, and I know in America, and Jazz, you've, you've trained in America, America, so maybe you can let us know a bit more about this, um, there is a tendency to call athletes and let them know if the tester has arrived, which doesn't happen in the UK. Also, this test, just from the paperwork that he showed, seems to be on behalf of the IAAF. So I'm wondering if it was an IAAF tester instead of a US ATF tester. And maybe that's why there was no phone call. But I'm still totally confused why it was in the evening. So you say I might be able to help with sort of the American side of things. I actually can't because they've never needed to call me because I'm where <laughs> I'm supposed to be during my hour. <laughs> so like they, they would never have to call me because they ring the doorbell and then I go, hi, are you here to take my urine? You can have it. So from looking, um, doing a bit of a search, it seems that in some countries they do call. And there is a provision to say that a call can be made within the last five minutes of the slot. Ah. So I suppose that's okay. just in case someone's doorbell isn't working or if they are, you know, next door or something. So if they can get that within the five minutes after they have a phone call, because if you give them an hour, then there's potential mm -hmm. to sort of mess with the urine sample or something. That There is a, a provision where you can be called, but the tester is under no obligation to do so. There was a case um, of a New Zealand athlete back in 2015, I think it was 14 or 15, where they took it to CAS saying that they hadn't been called and therefore they hadn't been given the um, 
the correct procedures hadn't been um, taken for them to be in the place they needed to be. And Cass ruled that there was no obligation at all to a phone call to be made. And that in fact, a phone call um, actually messes with the procedure because it's supposed to be completely um, surprised and it's not surprised to be a yeah. phone call. So I, my guess is that is in America, there is a tendency to call the athlete. Um, and maybe he's used to that happening. And if it didn't happen this time, he's blaming something that shouldn't have happened in the long run. So again, he may actually be yeah. putting his foot in it. He may actually be um, just dropping the, the testers in it who have been calling him all this time and aren't supposed to. <laughs> but the other thing is that when you've already had three missed tests, one that you've gotten away with, or okay, it wasn't a missed test, but however you want to talk about it, you you know, you win the world, you are, I would be the most careful person in the world ever. Would I ever go shopping during my slot if I knew that that's the position I was in? No way. So that's whether or not you were supposed though. to get a call or not, why were you even there? Yeah. It's just very easy to have, like, I, I don't even want to have to think about it. It's like, right, a six till 7 a.m. slot. I know I'm going to be asleep. <laughs> like, I'm not starting training till earliest nine o'clock. I just don't know why you'd risk it especially when you've already had those missed tests, to risk like a very, like 7.30 till 8.30, probably a lot of the time you are going to be out. So having a time where you know you're going to be in bed, even if it's like, I don't know, I think our latest slot is maybe 9 till 10 or 10 to 11, so. It's very strange. But of course, there's not, it's not just him that we need to talk about who's been provisionally suspended because of missed tests. Um, Sawah Aid Nasa um, has also missed tests, but she says, what was her phrasing? That it's perfectly normal. Whether or not you're clean, it's further reputational damage. And when you run, and I'm quoting the commentary here, an astonishingly quick time at a world <laughs> championship, or you are a world record holder, you can't afford to be in the grey area. It's exactly like both of you have just said, Morgan and Jazz. You just play it so safe so that you are cleaner than clean and there can never be any doubt. But also three of her tests were before the world championships. And Why they, was she allowed to run? Because they had to investigate. And I don't know how long it takes to investigate, but they, they fast-tracked Christian Coleman's previous one so that it would be out of the way before the World Championships. And now she's gone. She's won the World Championships with an incredible time. You can't see our air quotes because <laughs> it's a podcast. But um, the So now what's going to happen is if it's found to be that warranted... They're going to have to take. They're going to take that medal off her. They're going to take the and they're going to ruin the whole championships and the time and reputational damage. Not necessarily to her. I'm not bothered about her, but to, once again to athletics. Mm. Um, I remember when she won. It was all across Twitter. People saying, "Oh, what an incredible time! What an incredible performance!" And I just took the dictionary definition of incredible and put it on um, on Twitter because <laughs> the dictionary of incredible is impossible to, to believe. <laughs> so <laughs> that kind of says it all and it, it took less than six months to us to um you know actually that to be kind of proven somewhat you know and let's say we, we can't say that she's taken any drugs or anything at all that's not the point the point is if you put yourself in that situation when you've already put yourself in a dubious situation by running that fast anyway then if you then put yourself in this situation now with three or four missed tests what do you expect people to believe and you claire's right it's not just about her it's about the reputation of the sport and that's what i care more about than, than individual athletes and we are constantly returning time and again on this podcast to upon whose shoulders is world athletics going to build this sport who is the next Usain Bolt or who are the next athletes going to be who are going to promote athletics? I would have argued that based on their performances, had they been completely credible, these two would have been great shining examples because they're young, talented, outspoken athletes. 
wouldn't that be fantastic? Oh no, now we can't go near them in the barge pole because everything they've done is mired in this really dubious, murky waters of missed drugs tests. So just to kind of wrap this up, what's the solution here? What should Wild Athletics be taking away from this? Is it complete transparency of investigations into missed tests? Is it massive um, cohesion in terms of what testers should be doing and when they're trying to reach athletes? I think there definitely should be and across the board, this is exactly how you get tested, whether or not you get a call, so that this this excuse never comes up either way. So that whatever it is, you know what to expect in every country. Um, and if you if you get it wrong, then you have no excuse there. Because you know, a lot of people are looking today at the news with Christian Coleman going, What are you talking about a phone call? We we never get a phone call. Mm. And yeah. obviously that's that disparity between different countries is is clear. But also, yeah, I'd like to see a full investigation I, I really don't understand why nasa got to run in the world after three three missed tests i don't understand that so there obviously isn't enough transparency because as athletes we look at that and go what that doesn't make any sense mm. were any of you aware of that were you did yeah. you even have an inkling that she'd missed nothing that? not a clue not even one we had no idea i'd well i'd never heard of no it. i haven't heard of it either so then you wonder how you feel as Sean A. Miller when you go on Twitter for the day and you find out that somebody who beat you, despite you running one of the most perfect 400 metres in history, by definition, has missed tests and been allowed to compete against you and potentially rob you of that moment. Yeah, it is. It is. That must be really difficult. I mean, obviously, it's a different situation because it's a provisional suspension. It's not it's not like... Yeah. Um, obviously, people like, I don't know, Goldie Sayers or someone who's had a medal come back a few years later so it's different to that but obviously you still got that little element of what if um and yeah just not knowing what what could happen the reputation of the sports at stake because if you are clean and you've then missed those tests you've kind of made a farce of this because then you've made everyone look at your incredible performance and go mm, that's it. dirty and that's what people do anyway people will look at an incredible performance regardless of whether they know the, the context and go that doesn't make sense that's dodgy and now you're just perpetuating that and yeah. um, the other thing a lot of people have been pointing out today regarding the testing is why can't there be an app that's on your phone that says where your whereabouts is the technology's there i mean we all carry around a phone that tells every 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 website every app that we could exactly where we are at all times so there must be the technology somewhere for the iwf to have that um information to track you but obviously there's implications there about where you whether they can only track you within that hour, I don't know, but there must be something that can happen. Right. I per I personally think it should be an option that you can opt into. Yeah. If you think okay. that if you think that you're not responsible enough to update your whereabouts, then turn your location on and you say you can find me wherever I am. I understand people's concern with that and that they wouldn't want to be tracked twenty four seven. You don't want to see where you're going nonstop. Have some privacy. I totally get that. So I think that there should be an opt-in for that. Because like you say, the technology is there. You could just turn location services on your phone, on the app, say, click to always allow, and there you go. Wherever you are, they can come to you. Um, but I don't think that should be compulsory. No, we don't want to ankle tag athletes. Yeah, my mum always says that. So I think I've been on Adam's for maybe like seven years, and she's like, oh, I just wish they could just put a tracker on you. <laughs> like, I, I don't think like human rights would allow that. <laughs> Especially by the sounds of it, your mom would be asking for an insight into where you were at all times. Yeah, that's now. probably what it was when I was younger. She was like, oh, this is, this is a good idea, actually. God, we used to have a, this is a slight tangent, but we used to have a collar for one of our dogs who used to worry sheep. And if she went to worry sheep, my mum could press a button on the collar, on a remote that she had, and the collar would blow air into Nuddle's ear. 
and it would stop her worrying the sheep because we live in quite a rural area. Um, mm-hmm. So you could have something like that. And if Christian Cole went to Christmas <laughs> shopping, like, <laughs> just stop him in his tracks. Um, it did remind me this morning when I went to look at Christian Coleman's tweets and I realised that we, he's banned us. Like we are, um, we, what do you call it on Twitter? Blocked. And I remembered why, because when he arrived in Doha last year, he put one of those pin drops and said, <laughs> just to say he was in Doha, and I wrote a tweet, oh, tell us, tell WADA. And he didn't like that, so that's why we're, we're banned, uh, blocked by Christian Coleman. And oh. Justin Gatley. And Justin Gatley, yeah. <laughs> We, I, we thought it was funny. It went in our group chat. Uh, oh, after we, funny. we thought it was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I just say, we, we say this a lot because um, the sport has always been obsessed with 100 metres and we still constantly hit 100 metres, which the men's 100 has been unbelievably dull since um, Usain Bolt um, retired. Um, can we just put a pin in it? Not a pin in it, a fork in it. Can we just put a, pit, a fork in the men's mm-hmm. 100 metres for the time being We'll come back to it next year, maybe if like we clear out the, the problematic and come back with some new, interesting, exciting competitors. Because at the moment, I just do not care. So, thing is, though, they've biffed off the two hundred, so we're going to be quite yeah. short on sprints if we do that. But that that's an issue for another day. <laughs> well, that's just oh. Noah Lyles one hundred, and then we can like the hundred again. Yes, yes, I love Noah Lyles. Hi, I'm Kathy Freeman, and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. No. <laughs> <laughs> There have been some really positive athletic stories over the course of lockdown. And before we turn to look at Jazz and Morgan in lockdown, let's look a little bit more broadly. And I just wanted to ask you, out of the Ultimate Garden clashes, the Impossible Games and the upcoming Inspiration Games, what you four have enjoyed about lockdown athletics? Um, I wanted to say, one of the things I had written down to say is we often have a lot of criticism for the IWF, and I'm sure they'll probably come up with some in for some criticism later on. But I think they've been doing a really, really good job of trying. You know, I'm not saying it's all been a huge success, but I'm really, really grateful for them trying. The the garden challenges are a lot of fun, you know, um, could do with some tweaks, etc. but a lot of fun. Um, the Impossible Games, whatever it was that was on the other week, again, we can't, we're not taking it seriously, but it was a lot of fun. It was a mess, yeah, but, but it was enjoyable. Um, what I really, really liked that they've done in the last um, couple of months or so is they started putting all the world videos yeah. up on YouTube. Um, now, my OCD is like not quite loving it because it's a mess. It, they're dropping them all over the place. Please put the hundreds, then the semifinals, or the, don't do the hundreds and then mm. three weeks later, the semifinals. And then they seem to have skipped 2017 completely. They've gone straight to 2015 now. But um, oh. I don't know why. Maybe it's a rights thing. But, um, you know, the fact that we can just go onto YouTube and find that final yeah. is a revelation. Because before, we've, we've been searching around and finding something that someone's filmed off their TV with, like, you know, the Swedish commentary. So it's actually really, really nicely done. There's a whole hour of both days of Cats kept happening. You know, yeah, it's very it's like, so so well done. So thank you ever so much. Someone's also put up the 2004 Athens yeah. on, so Cali in the Clift, and oh my god, like I've been watching the like the whole thing. I think maybe it's over an hour long, but it was just amazing. That's the first Olympics and first champs I actually remember. Um, and I was watching it, and I was like, oh, this is just this is amazing. <laughs> and it reminded me how 
phenomenal, um, Carolina Clift was, not just yeah. as an athlete, but as a personality. Mm, she, yeah. she loved the sport. She had so much fun. She's such mm-hmm. an enjoyable person to watch. Um, and I, I miss Carolina Clift. And I think they put 2005, well, they have put 2005 and 2007 up as well because I yeah. watched them all. Watch those as well. Don't me, worry. Yeah. <laughs> I love, love Carolina Clift. Now, I do think that, like you guys said, they've been doing such a good job, IWF, World Athletics, sorry, of <laughs> um, trying to bring us something. The, mm-hmm. the first Garden Clash I thought was amazing. I think that's the best one, in yeah, my opinion, so far. Mm. Um, it was brilliant. It was so innovative. It was like, okay, we're going to make something work. We're going to bring you some live sport. Because that really was the first live sport I'd seen since lockdown in any yeah. sport. I hadn't seen anything yeah. up to that point. Right. Mm. Um, I think they did such a good job of it. And, you know, they're really trying to bring athletics to people. The Impossible Games, like you guys said, it was kind of all over the place and, and a bit ridiculous, but it was fun. And that they're doing something. And, and you know, yeah. I, that's what we're always asking them to do. We're always asking them, try and bring this sport to people. Try yeah. and make it interesting. Try, you know, we want people to watch this and to want to watch us. So I give them credit where credit's due. Mm-hmm. The Impossible Games, and it was like the headline was this race between the Ingebrigtsons and um, Timothy Cherry and his team. And the fact that the Kenyans were at 6,000 feet of altitude for a start in the pouring rain. In the pouring rain. <laughs> <laughs> It just it didn't make for great TV, did it? No. This is kind of what I found with the um the Garden Clash, especially the women's, like Kat Stefanidi in that humid, like 38, mm. 39 degree heat in Athens. I was like, wow, this is awful. You could just see this was just dying. And then you've got, yeah, different, like, that's the one thing that's, I guess, hard. It's a different um, condition, yeah. different environments. But I guess it's interesting to watch. I thought Carsten's world best over the 300 hurdles was something special though. I just, Agreed. every time I think I've reached peak infatuation with that I young man, he just agree. sets the bar again. Completely agree. He's phenomenal. And his stride, it was like he was a high jumper, Morgan. Like his, mm. his high knee lift stride, I've never seen anything like it. He is yeah, probably my favourite athlete right now. And can I just, just talk about his favourite athlete? I just happened to be on Instagram the other day and it came up um, that Shelly Ann Fraser-Price was doing a live and she was going on some kind of water slide thing. <laughs> I love her. She's so much fun. It was like, it's nothing She's great. She was absolutely, she's just so much fun. And there's certain personalities that are just such great people to have in the sport. And they're not utilised like they could be. But um, he's he's definitely um, one of them. So is Shelly Ann. Um, and yeah, I think um, the IWF have been doing a good job, but like, let's keep it up when the athletics comes back as well. Let's not forget about all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Hi, it's KJT and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. There have been some very good Instagram lives going on. I believe, Miss Sawyers, you've been at the heart of those. Can you tell us about your involvement and how those have gone down? Yes, there's actually a bit of a, a bit of a story attached to those, really? which, you know what, I wasn't going to, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Morgan's face, I'm intrigued. <laughs> so I started doing some Instagram live, like interviews on my Instagram page, um, just basically with my friends. I did my first one with Morgs because um, I was nervous and she was like, don't worry, it's just going to be a chat with us. And it was really fun. People enjoyed them. Fun. And so I had a few more people on. It was really fun. Um, and then European Athletics asked me to host them for them on their page which you know it was even better like I uh, it's a it's a big audience I get to speak to a, a more diverse group of people because I don't know everybody um that I got to interview from that and they, they sent me some questions so I got to use my own and speak to them and it was you know for me it was one something to do during lockdown to um a chance to kind of 
bring athletics personalities to people in a way that maybe you know you don't get that many opportunities to have in-depth chats with athletes um, and three you know per, on a personal level to actually further my potential broadcasting career when I'm finished in athletics you know to get experience interviewing so you know it was all it was all great it was all great until um uh, the George Floyd murder and Black Lives Matter really really uh, came to the forefront of the media attention and European athletics had nothing to say whatsoever um and i felt that that wasn't appropriate given that this is a worldwide movement given that so many of their athletes were speaking up obviously we have something we want to say they wanted me to conduct an interview with somebody who again wasn't engaging with the topic in that first week when it was really at the forefront of, of everything and everyone and i said that i wasn't going to do that um because i you know i want to if i give an interview this week i want to talk about Black Lives Matter. I want to talk about what's going on in the world and, you know, the place that sport has in it, how we can be better as a sport, um, how European athletics can be better as an organization. And I said, I would really expect you guys to have said something in support of your black athletes, which they hadn't. They said, no, no worries. Okay, we will, we will, we will. Um, and basically, the, <laughs> Morgan's laughing. The suggestion that they came back to me with was, was oh, highly no. unsatisfactory. I'm it, what they wanted to put out wasn't appropriate. I wasn't willing to do it. Um, and they basically said, well, we've held this emergency meeting and this is what we've got. And I said, look, that's not good enough. I am not going to fix your diversity issues. I, I've done a panel with them before where I've gone in to try and help um, structure a new event. And there was maybe 15 of us around the table and I was the only non-white person and only one of two women. So they've already got diversity issues in the organization. and that became so clear during this time mm -hmm. so sorry i've kind of derailed that conversation about the interviews, no, which the interviews were great fun and i've had an amazing time speaking to so many great athletes um but i will not be doing them anymore see during lockdown i've been doing instagram lives because i mean people know that usually i'm a casting director and i've been doing instagram lives with different people in the industry models and actors and casting directors and stuff and when this happened i stopped it's not appropriate for me to be giving tips on going to a casting this week. And then the week after I did a specific one that was about these issues, because in this moment, and we, we you know, we talked about this last week, this is a, an unprecedented moment. And for organisations that are, only exist because of black people, athletics, you cannot ignore the moment. And it doesn't mean that you've got to go all in. It doesn't mean that you can't do anything else. It just means you've got to acknowledge this is a moment that needs, it needs to be acknowledged. Can I just say, I was gonna maybe bring this up later, but it kind of fits in, in nicely here. Just to talk about the reactions of um, the IWF and the IOC, etc., um, on this moment, because I thought there were some very strange reactions, um, mm -hmm. both involving the same thing, actually. So both the IWF put a, a statement out, something about, you know, Black Lives Matter and diversity, and then the IOC did as well. But both, in one way or another, used the iconic picture of John Carlos and Tommy Smith at mm -hmm. the um, 1968 Olympics, which especially for the IOC was, I thought, was entirely inappropriate. You banned them. You literally <laughs> railroaded them out of the sport. And then you were using them as like icons of, um, of resistance or something, you know? What I found even more shocking afterwards is the fact that the IOC then, I think it was last week or the week before, said that in, in the 2021 Olympics, they're going to ban the kneel. And I was like, not the time. Literally exactly. read the room. Exactly. <laughs> and like, you can't be making one, one post, which is about solidarity and Black Lives Matter, and the next post saying, 
yeah but not here not at our event mm. so it's I mean, like I... because it's like it's it's just ridiculous i do have some some sympathy with the idea that the olympics cannot become somewhere where everyone goes to protest because it this pro this is a protest that we can all agree on and i would i would expect people to to protest on this at the olympics next year and i don't think there's a lot you can do about it but then say we've got some people who are far right and want to do a Nazi salute or say there's people who want to take other political stances, I don't know, like pro or anti-abortion or whatever, gun control, whatever. There's going, to be, there's going to be some really contentious issues and the Olympics can't be the place for everyone to have their own personal um, demonstration. So I do have some sympathy with them. But the timing of that suggestion was ridiculous. It's exactly that. It's a timing issue because, as you've just said, on lots of different political or social economic issues, there's a whole spectrum of views which are acceptable to hold. But I think perhaps more than anything ever in terms of global movements, this is the one in which there is a right side and there is a wrong <laughs> side. It couldn't be any clearer which way we should all be leaning and we should all be mm -hmm. throwing our weight behind that cause. So you're right, I, I completely empathise with them that they could very quickly lose control of the Olympics and it could become a site of protest and dissent. But when it comes to something as simple as this, firstly, couldn't have put it better, Morgan, read the room. And secondly, like, if you're going to let one thing slide, it's going to be this. Mm -hmm. I think the, the biggest thing with this, the Black Lives Matter movement, is that people want to say, I don't want to get involved because I don't want to get political. This actually isn't about politics. No. You know, no, mm -hmm. we're not asking, athletes aren't asking to stand there and shout defund the police. That's actually not what this is. This is saying stop killing black people. And that's yeah. not a political take. You know, end racism isn't a political take. I love the trolling from the Birmingham Commonwealth Games who came straight out and said people can <laughs> <laughs> Me too! I didn't see that! Sorry, go back and explain that, Jodie. I didn't, I didn't see that. So when the IOC came out with saying people will not be allowed to protest at the Olympics, the Commonwealth Games, the Birmingham Commonwealth Games, said you can protest here if you want. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Some of the brand responses to this movement have just been amazing and will have won them armies of fans, but it has fascinated and horrified me how wrong some people have got this. And when big organisations like the Olympics are doing a worse job at handling the Black Lives Matter movement than Ben and Jerry's ice cream or Oatly milk. <laughs> they have been, Oatly just get everything right though, don't they? they? I completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> From the sublime to the ridiculous. <laughs> Take two. Take two. <laughs> take two. <laughs> okay. Take two. Hi, I'm Kathy Freeman, and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. Yay! <laughs> Jazz, you mentioned that you started doing these Instagram lives as a way to alleviate lockdown boredom, and the initial reason that we approached you both to get you on was because a) we love you, and b) we wanted to hear about your experiences as athletes in lockdown. So, I mean, we've been locked down for, what, 70, 80 days now? Something horrendous and disorientating. How have you both found it? And what is it like being an international athlete when you're stuck at home? You know what? It's weird because this is like, it's sort of normal now. Mm. Um, you know, the idea of um, doing gym either in my living room or on the tiny little platform of concrete where my landlord hasn't dug up the drive um, is just kind of where gym happens. But to start with, it was very much like, okay, how am I going to train as close to normally as possible? Because obviously at the start of lockdown, the Olympics hadn't even been cancelled yet. So we were thinking we were training, well, were we thinking we were training for Olympics? No, but we had to just in case we were. Um, so it kind of became this, right, well, competition's not going to be happening as usual for a little while. I'm going to scale back training into sort of a more of a winter block. 
So I'm allowed to get out running once a day. So you try and use your once a day really, really carefully where like okay, I'll run to the field, that can be my warm up, And then I'll make sure that I kind of carry a few things on my back when I'm sort of jogging so that I've got enough with me that I can do a running session. I need some cones. It was bizarre. Um, yeah, that so first reactive. week was awful. <laughs> it was like the race to see who could find the flattest bit of grass. <laughs> like I remember I put a photo yeah. up of like a field I was at. I got so many athletes being like, where is this? I need to run on this grass. Like it was just ridiculous. Like the things you take for granted. Like I remember the first, um, like the first gym session. Well, the week before lockdown, our S&C coach Rob had been like, in case there is a lockdown, what do you have in place? And I was kind of like, I mean, there won't be a lockdown, but I don't know, I've got a kettlebell. <laughs> like, so, yeah, and then I've had a week of, like, kettlebell workouts, and I was like, yeah, I need to fix this up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I bought a bunch of equipment um, before lockdown because I felt like it was coming, so I bought a, a bike so that I could do bike sessions on it if I couldn't get outside, because I was worried that we were going to be in an Italy situation and we would not be allowed to leave the house. Mm. Um, and so in my head, I was thinking, okay, well, I need to be able to, to train in some way from my flat, from my sort of first floor flat. Um, and so, yeah, I got a bike. I ummed and ahed for ages and ended up, ended up getting a curved treadmill, which I've said it over and over. My downstairs neighbors hated and they have now moved out. I hope it wasn't to do with me running on the treadmill, but we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and then and borrowed some weights uh, to get that done. So, like, really... I managed quite well. I'd say the only thing that I completely wasn't able to do was long jump. Yeah, um, yeah, same with me, to be honest. You could do pliers upstairs on walls and things that you could find. If you found a good wall, again, that was the same thing with Instagram. You posted a good wall that you found on Instagram. People were like, where's that wall? That looks like the perfect height to, to hop onto. <laughs> <laughs> just feels ridiculous. But um, once the Olympics got cancelled, motivation was weird and difficult. Mm because yeah. the Olympics got cancelled and then they said by the way even if you do compete you can't qualify for the Olympics so it's like right what are we doing when the Olympics was cancelled I think it was initially like relief it was like okay we're yeah. literally just trying to risk our lives and risk our family's life every day trying to get out and train and I found that quite stressful because I was like it's an Olympics you want to be the best you're going to be I mean you've trained for like however many years we obviously train every year for it but like this is the big one. You want to be at your peak performance. You don't want to be having the weeks before just training in your back garden, like jumping onto random logs and stuff. That, that's not really how you train for Olympics. When that was cancelled, um, postponed, I was like, okay, cool. Like, I've got, I've got an opportunity to just train as you just keep fit and then potentially have Europeans at the end of the year. Um, so that was almost like a goal, a bit of a motivation. And then when the Europeans was cancelled, then it was like, oh okay <laughs> now what have we got well that's my question what have we got there's some talk of Lausanne Diamond League is going to be on with a smaller crowd and then yeah. there's going to, I read something the other day about how you could qualify up until December or qualifying starts in December or something starts, so, yeah. so it starts in December now yeah so nothing of this year would count because it's not no. been an even playing field I so in yeah indoor counted I think it might have stopped in April April, okay. maybe I'm not 100% sure on that but yeah I know I think it starts again on the 1st of December so if you compete now I think that was also my problem I was like if I compete now and I jump for PB it's not going to count but then I've had to think okay no if I jump, jump PB now I should be able to jump it next year um but then it's just the motivation is like it's hard it's very different but qualifying times from last year still count don't they they've, they've put it back to 
include if you've already if you've already got the qualifying from 2019 it's still going to count in 2021 is that correct yeah that's correct when we had adam on a few weeks ago and lockdown had just kind of kicked in he was saying that actually there are lots of positives to be taken from this if you look hard enough to find mm, them definitely he's he's prehabbing really hard it's given him some time to reflect on what he wants to do which events he wants to specialize in it's yeah. even though he's not had his support team around him physically he's had time to really connect with them virtually do you think that yeah. is he right there yeah, I definitely feel like there's been so many positives that have come out of lockdown. I think the first few weeks was stressful and I was waking up every day and I was thinking, right, are we in some weird dream? Like, what is happening? Um, but I feel like, especially, I mean, it's been so hectic the last few years. Obviously, I think for me personally, I've gone from heptathlon to high jump and not been 100% sure I want to be a high jumper. And then I think my brain's just been kind of everywhere in terms of wh where I want to be and like, who I want to be as an athlete and I think I've had this time to actually be able to think about what I want to do this like next year and the future of like my career and stuff and just work on small things like prehab and um just like exactly just yeah just working on things that you would neglect so I've actually found it quite a cathartic time in a way are we about to get an exclusive Morgan are you sticking with the high jump <laughs> I am for this year Oh, <laughs> this year meaning 2020 or this year meaning next year? 2021, year. I think it's a bit a bit difficult to change events now. But, but I think for me, I've always, I never felt like I decided to do high jump. It was more like, okay, I want to, I want to go to London. So I'm going to do high jump there. And then the next year I was like, commies is quite early. I don't think I'm going to get haptathlon. So I'm going to do high jump there as well. So I feel like it's one of those things where I've grown to love it. Um, but yeah, there are still other events which I, I miss. <laughs> so, I mean, potentially, would you go back and do, um, uh, even if not full-time, would you be competing mm. in Hectathons again? I think what I, what I think the hard thing about lockdown's been is I'm showing my housemates a heptathlete. So, <laughs> <laughs> so every day I've seen her like, be like, oh, I've got an 800 session today. I've got a shot today. I'm like, I want to do it. And she's borrowing my <laughs> shot as well. And I was like, I want to go. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I don't know about a full heptathlon again, but I definitely like to do some more events. Like I'd like to do a pentathlon indoors and maybe mm. do triple jump. I just, I feel mm. like I want to do more events. Like I absolutely love high jumps so much, but I definitely do want to do other things as well. And for people who don't remember, you are world junior champion at high jump and heptathlon at the same event, at the same meet. So a different person. <laughs> so obviously like, the, the talent is there and... I think only um, at the time, I think you were the British record. I mean, maybe Kat has done slightly, slightly fair, but you're over six, seven uh -huh. points a senior, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we would love to see you. If not I want to see you do my heptathlon. <laughs> yeah, let's not forget you. Josh, you can go back. Well. <laughs> you can talk. <laughs> I was rubbish. <laughs> I don't know about rubbish. <laughs> Did you go to World Youth? I didn't do very well. Still I think in my head, if I wasn't going to win a medal, then sack it, find something you can yeah. win a medal at. I was so wound up at my World Youth because I finished ninth in the heptathlon and my long jump would have got me a medal. So I was yeah. mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's annoying. You are, to be fair, Jazz, in a very bad Zoom call to be a heptathlete. So if Morgan weren't here, you'd be the best in the Zoom call. <laughs> so it's just unfortunate that the person at the bottom of our screen is a former global champion. <laughs> it seems like maybe okay so maybe heptathlon's not for you jazz but arts and crafts 
baking, <laughs> making scrunchies, 100%. I think it's been very well documented. You've been more active than ever on Instagram, I think. Um, I feel like I, I'm getting blow-by-blow blow accounts of your, what is it, animal farm, animal... Animal crossing. Animal crossing. Um, I'd, quite, I'd be quite interested in an insight into that. And also, Morgan, what are your secret lockdown uncovered skills? How's your sourdough? So, I mean, I was going to do sourdough. You actually were? I was a starter sitting downstairs and waiting oh, for Oh, that's the thing. I was like, people were saying you have to feed the starter. <laughs> I was like, what is this? I have been baking, um, but nothing. I'm too, I mean, my biggest hobby this lockdown has probably just been Pinterest and right move and just making up pretend houses. <laughs> I think I've just been obsessed with interiors this lockdown. I think it's because I've seen my house so much. I'm like... I mean, I'm just in a rented house in Loughborough at the moment, but I've just been like, I want to do this and that. Um, just get the budget first. <laughs> I think I've been, until this week, where Guy has now come to join me, um, I've been alone for lockdown. So I've just been bored and trying to do different things. So like you said, I have been doing a lot of sort of crafts. Me and Morgs were in, in a cooking challenge group together. So we had really a fun. cooking challenge. That was really fun. Every week I learned to braid my hair. And that's been a fun lockdown thing to do. Um, but I mean, like you were saying before, I, I did want to just come back to it because I think it's, it's interesting to note that Adam makes a point. There are many, many positives to this lockdown as an athlete. If you are either at the beginning or in the middle of your career, mm. if you are at the end of your career, this is not a welcome break. I can imagine no. for a lot of people who were thinking I will cling on until the end of 2020. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, for me, I look at this and, and Morgs, I'm sure the same. You look and go, well, I was planning on being better in 21 anyway. So this gives me a chance, uninterrupted, mm -hmm. to come back with my body at 100% with a lot of little things that I might not have been able to work on or might not have even thought about working on, sorted. So it's yeah. positive for me. Does anyone know what the rules are regarding people who've been like on a ban for the last two, three years? If they were going to be out for, for mm. this year and miss the Olympics, by shaking his head. So can they now compete at the Olympics because it's next year? Do you, if you're banned, do you get, do you miss the next Olympics anyway? I can't keep up with the rules, Bio. Now, I can't remember who this was, but this came up at the beginning of the year or the beginning when the Olympics um, got canceled. Can't remember who the athlete was, but someone said they should get another year added on and they said there's no provision to do that because they were banned yeah. for two years. The fact that athletics isn't on this year isn't their fault. I can't remember who it was, but it's someone, someone not good is going to be back next year in time for the Olympics. Yeah, or, I, remember, I think mm. I remember reading yeah, that as well. I can't remember, maybe I'll look it up, but I can't remember who it was, but it, it seems that it's just, you know, you're just, you've just lucked out, basically. That seems fair to me. I tend to take a very, very anti-doping stance, and I'm quite kind of punitive in the way that I react to hearing about athletes who've broken rules, but if you're banned for a certain amount of time, I don't think that should be affected by the availability of competition. No, I agree. There's nothing you can do about it. It's just unfortunate. So. I agree, but there should be some provision that you... Because I know at some point you, you, there was a provision that you missed the next Olympics. Um, so I don't know whether there's a provision uh, to like, put that into the statute. So it's not about the timing, okay. it's about the events. I don't know. There's just a question that came up. I just sort of... My heart goes out to people like Shelley Ann, for whom, exactly like you said, Jazz, they're probably not on an upwards trajectory with their career. And we saw such fine. incredible things from her. I, I hope she will. I really, I just want the best for her and everything she does. But then also, <laughs> it does mean that we might see the return of a fit Wade Van Niekerk, a David mm -hmm. Radisha, Kirani James has another yeah. year to kick whatever he was struggling with and get back into full form. So there's, there are 
there are some positives to be found in the delay. I was wondering how that calendar change is going to affect your plans for 2021, Morgan and Jazz, because all of a sudden it's so congested. How do you decide which events to target, all going well with qualification? For me, I like doing indoors because I like to compete. I feel like long jump indoors is great. There's no weather, you don't have to deal with it. I mean, I haven't historically had a great track record indoors. I seem to have been a bit rubbish recently. And my coach doesn't like indoors and doesn't want to train us for it. So in my head, I'm thinking he's not going to want me to go and do an indoor season. He's going to want me to focus on outdoors. But then you turn it around and go, if I haven't competed all year outdoors, surely I want to get back into the swing of actually competing before, um, before we get ready to try and do an Olympic Games. And because obviously normally you'd have a Europeans prior to the Olympics. I mean, this year it, was, it wasn't going to work out like that. But normally uh, in years gone by, you have a Europeans beforehand to kind of like test the championship. How's everybody doing? How are you feeling? Um, and then feed into the Olympics. And I don't really know what the whole overall plan is. I mean, the big goal has to just be the Olympics. You try and get the qualification out of the way as early as possible. I'm not going to go to the Southern Hemisphere to do some competitions in December. I'm just going to get back to a normal winter training in sort of September, October, which is why I think the idea to push the season back to the end of October is nuts because you're yeah. not going to get many people wanting to do that because they're going to want to be getting ready for Tokyo. The other thing about the Olympic qualifying next year is I'm sure you two are going to aim to get that A standard that automatically qualifies you, but they're very high, some of those standards. And if you don't get that, you've got to get, it's on rankings. And obviously the rankings are all completely, no one understood them anyway, but now it's going to be even more complicated trying to work out ranking points. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult. I mean, because with like for the high jump, it's 196, which is our qualifying. Um, but then you have to be top 32 or mm. British Athletics have said you need to get their standard. And their standard was 195. So, I mean, one centimetre. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, and it's so difficult because then it's like, I don't even know what the rankings are going to be like. Obviously, some people are going to be competing this, like, some people already have, like um, one of my competitors in Sweden competed last weekend and I was like, <laughs> so jealous. Um, but obviously she's going to be able to, I don't know, she's going to be able to get some ranking points from that or whatever competitions. Like, I know there's high jump at Monaco Diamond League um, this year and people will be going to that, but I don't know if we could go to that. Like, I don't know what no, the ranking points. Will be. They've, they've suspended the ranking. So at least okay. stuff from this That's year, good. the ranking won't count. They've suspended ranking and qualification. Um, cool. For for women's long jump in the UK, this is one nice thing about being in such a strong event. The rankings probably won't even factor into it because yeah. I'm pretty sure in Olympic year, when we've got this many women in the country that are able to jump the standard of 682, you will have to jump the standard of 682 to make the team. Yeah. Um, so that's just, to me, I'm just ignoring the ranking. Because just the easiest way is just to jump yeah. where you need to jump yeah. <laughs> and you're done. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> I was going to ask, so the Olympics obviously postponed till next year. We have the European and the World Championships um, indoors are on within two weeks of each other, I think in March, aren't they? Mm, At the yes, beginning of next year. So have the Europeans, this year's Europeans been moved to next year or have they been cancelled? Cancelled altogether. Cancelled. Cancelled altogether, okay, which is, which is the right decision. So we have at the beginning of the year, the Europeans and the World Indoor Championships, then the Olympics quite early, so it's in, yeah. beginning of, it's in July, isn't it? Is there anything July, else we moved to the end of that? Have we got anything else mm. we need to be thinking about? Think so. Okay. okay. Because 2022 <laughs> is just so hectic. They want yeah, to break. So, yeah, so, 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 like, go on holiday, and then 2022 is going to hit you. Yeah. <laughs> Indoors is going to be a bit wild, but I have a feeling they don't really want people to go to the Europeans because the standards they set are absolutely wild for some events. Oh, really? um, for an indoor Europeans, they want 680, and they want 196. Is it? 196. For... Yeah. Yeah. For an indoor yeah. Europeans. 
Yeah, they've done that so they can just have eight competitors. They can just choose. Yeah, just straight goes. final. Yeah. yeah. Um, which they keep doing with the field events. And that, yeah. again, I think fans have been telling them over and over, they don't want that. Athletes don't want that. You don't want less athletics, but hey, what are we going to do? That's what. It'll be those people in Zurich they surveyed last year about the Diamond League. <laughs> <laughs> everything. That one house I would one. like a word with them. Yeah, those ones who don't like the 200. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot going on indoors next year, but I think outdoors might actually be, be kind of calm. It's just going to be a bit of a scramble to for some people to qualify depending on yeah. how your lockdown has been which is why i think it is tempting yeah. to kind of take your foot off the gas a little bit in lockdown um you know go okay well there's nothing to be training for there's no competitions that matter but i, I want to come out next year so much better than i could have come out this year and so yeah. that kind of depends on ramping up the training now and do you think that's really possible do you think you will be a better athlete with greater potential in terms of raw performance than you would have been without lockdown that's really interesting if so yeah. you know what i i genuinely think it's possible because you're putting in effectively a, a double winter season so in that time that you normally build the strength the power uh you, you do all the fine tuning that you can't do when you're competing because you can't put your body under that much stress because you need to be fresh you know we've got all summer now and we could compete but we've got all summer to do that kind of training instead. And so you get kind of double that and then you will take a break and then go back into winter training as we would have normally. So I think there's real potential if you get it right, if you if you stay healthy, um, to come out better, not not come out better in like September, to come out better next May. Yeah. Uh, because obviously yeah, no, you, need to, you need to compete. Once you, you become kind of, when you get away from competing, you kind of lose that competitive edge and everyone, you can deny it as much as you want, but you need to compete uh to be to be good at your sport in terms of like getting strength like in winter you always so say for me this winter i was, felt so good i was like this is probably the strongest i've been the most climatic i've been like, i'm ready to smash it get pb left right center absolutely nowhere near that because when i got to competitions my run-up was just so off and i wasn't competition ready and i was like this just makes no sense so i feel i feel like that's the thing like you can get strong you can get fast you can really work like um, physically on all the stuff in lockdown. And then you've now got this extra time to work on the technical stuff instead of just going straight into competition. So it can, it can definitely work out. I also think with the world's being so late last year, like super, mm. super late, um, the Olympics supposedly this year earlier than a lot of major championships are, that was going to be a really weird, I think it could have been a really weird whether people have sort of got in, um, timed it right anyway you know as to whether they were in um, tip-top shape come the olympics because that's that that break in between you're used to having i mean how much time have you lost it's a couple of months there probably you would have had extra um extra yeah, time we, to prepare yourselves yeah normally start training maybe like a week after the world's finished this year yeah. so it's you know we missed out on a whole bunch of training there i mean that was the same for everybody but now it's yeah. the same for everybody again i think you'll see some really great performances but you also yeah, see people agree. that you've probably never heard of because they've had that extra little bit of time yeah. to get mm -hmm. that bit better and and those are the people that are super 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 hungry those people that go oh my god i i, I was going to be this far away from it this year but guess what i've got another year and they're the ones that you've got to make sure that you're working as hard as them you can also guarantee that in that the schedules have changed and he's not the best for timekeeping there won't be a christian coleman on any start line come tokyo God knows where he'll be. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be Christmas, Christmas shopping. <laughs> it's only five minutes away, guys, if you just called him. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> he would have been there. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to, he's already blocked you two. I think 
the three of us. We're getting blocked too, Morgs. We're next. We're yeah. Next. Oh, it makes sense. I like exactly. it. Exactly. Clever. Clever. <laughs> I like it. Right, okay. Anyway, my name's Ben Williams, and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys. Oh, and sorry, the one thing we didn't touch on is, Morgan, happy birthday for the other week. Please, please, please Thank tell you. me someone dropped a sanitised cake on your doorstep and then stood back a respectful distance to sing happy birthday to you. It was, I actually had such a nice birthday because me and Jazz both had, I think we're like 10 days apart. Um, well, happy birthday, years, Jazz, apologies. Two, two, two <laughs> lockdown birthdays. Um, it was so nice because it was like, obviously, every day has, was just so similar. <laughs> so to have actually something different, it was amazing. <laughs> but I keep forgetting that I've aged. So some people are like, oh, how old are you? I'm like, 22. I'm like, oh, wait. No, oh, I was just going to say, like, <laughs> you're um, 22. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, yeah, I just feel like I haven't had, I haven't had a birthday. <laughs> I was really pleased with my birthday because I somehow had convinced myself that I was already 26. So I thought I was turning 27, but I wasn't. So um, I feel like I've, I've gained an extra year of life. Like I'm really pleased. Somewhere down the line, a few months ago, I had accepted 26. Um, and so I really, really thought I was turning 27 and I had to sort of step back and go, no, it's 26. So I'm delighted. I know exactly what you mean. Every year, a few months before my birthday, I start thinking of myself as the next, the next age. So if anyone yeah. asks, I start putting a year on and then I say, no, hold on, I've still got another three weeks or something, you know, so. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, but it's, it's, it's more, um, more depressing when you get to our age. <laughs> I've literally well, never heard this thing before about telling yourself that you're a year older before you are. That, that's, I'm so sure that's not a thing outside of this. <laughs> you know why I think I did no, it? I, well. I think I've always had in my head that, my, that this Olympics, I'll be 26 for this Olympics. Right. And so in my uh, head, it's 2020 and I'm 26. So, so I've kind of just always had that, like 26, 2020, no problem. This is your Olympic Games and it's not on one, but <laughs> I had already gotten to that stage in my head. So yeah, it's, it's lovely. Morgan, it's so exciting that you're still only 22, that you've seen... Well, no, 23. 23, 23 now. now. <laughs> 23 now. I've, I've passed it. Okay. That makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> but you've been an international competing for, like in the senior team for like six years now. So yeah. um, to still yeah. only be 23 is really exciting and what you can still achieve going forward. It's weird. Like, I think in 20, I was 17 in my first like, European, yeah, European Champs 2014. And I think I was so much older in my head. Like I used to just get so angry at myself and just, I think every competition I was like, I need to PB, like I'm awful. I think as I've got older, I've got definitely more mature in terms of like my performances and how, I react to things, so that's, that's one thing I found, definitely. So both of you, you're a year older and a year wiser, so hopefully you're going to get some very profound responses to this. We're, we're going to write off 2020. I think the whole world can write off 2020. Yeah, it's been odd. What would you... I absolutely love the... Um, oh, what's that meme? Um, oh, just feel like pure shit, just want 2019 back. <laughs> Keep yeah. seeing T-shirts and hats with that on that makes me laugh. What would you like to see from your 2021s? respectively um yeah. you can go kind of track and field or you can go broader if you like but yeah what do the 2021s of in an ideal world of jazz soys and morgan lake look like i want my seven meter jump man i mm. want it like i've been looking at the way that i've been jumping for years and some people are going to look at my track record and go now that doesn't make any sense for you but it really really does um you know last year i got i, I tore a ligament in my ankle made it to trials and managed to get 671 out of it uh, year before it was my pb but i i 
little things like there was space on the board. And in my head, I'm like, well, you've already basically gone that far. So could you just put your foot in the right place and do it again? I feel like when I do that, I will, this weird sense of imposter syndrome that still sort of lives with me when I'm at these at champs and at, at diamond leagues and things will go because I really feel like I am that athlete and I haven't put that down on the track yet. So I want my seven meter season. That's what I want from 2021. Love it. If there's one athlete Love we can it. count on to, to perform at a championships, it's you. Mm. You know, you always compete. You always bring it, bring it when it, when it needs to be brung. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You're always very, very kind. And I, wanna, I always want to like do you proud. Sometimes I actually think, you know, there are people that really do think Aww. that you're this person. And I want to continue to be this athlete. Um, I just also like to get the standard before the champs sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more exciting for us. <laughs> well, that's it. I'm a crowd pleaser. I love the drama. <laughs> I think that's a hard thing sometimes because you know, um, like you know when you need to get it by. So the other competitions are like, oh, I can get it next time. I can get the next competition. So when you it comes gets to like like that point at champs, you're like, I have to get it today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so then you have to try a little bit harder. But, but I think you're yeah. like me. I've always been that way. Like at school, I would I would hand things at the uni. I would hand assignments in one minute before Last the deadline minute. because it's like yeah. I can't apparently can't do anything until pressure is applied really dramatically. So I'm actually mm -hmm. working on uh, working on that with, with my sports site because I really <laughs> want to get better at that. I want to be able to produce performance not just not only when it matters when you have also, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Morgan, um, mm -hmm. the Jazz 2021 is going to be seven meters. I'm yeah. guessing maybe two meters. Two meters, oh, that two meter jump would be amazing. I mean, I feel like, I think I've put the bar up to two meters once in a competition. I think I went 97, two meters. Um, and I think it was one of those heights where I just thought, this is ridiculous. I'm never going to get anywhere near that. But I think the more I've jumped high, the more I'm like, okay, that is reasonable. I mean, it's three centimeters from my PB, which is nothing. So I feel mm -hmm. like every, like, every training session I'm like right I'm just working a little bit harder and this lockdown I feel like I've got so many gains in different areas so I'm like right put it all together in one jump two meters could be there so yeah very similar and she, has, so um, good she, to hair. she wants to not always wait till the trials with you mm -hmm. I think it's trying to be a little bit more consistent at the lower heights as well as because that's been yeah. an issue and you've missed the medals because of that uh-huh definitely I think with me I like I rush forwards in competition, so this really was really prominent, like in my indoor season. So I'd jump 80, then 85, and then I'd be like, right, okay, so how many more jumps until I get to two meters? Whereas I wouldn't actually think about the next height after that, and then I'd find myself leaving a competition at 185, where I was like, I went to this competition to jump two meters. So it's almost like staying present at the lower heights yeah, yeah. and thinking, right, every height is high. Like I need to jump this jump to get to the next one. Don't even think about the next one, just jump the bar that's there. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing I've been working with my sports like with like just staying present, like in the moment, not just rushing forward and being like, right, I need to do this. And first attempts would be nice as well. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, in your event, it's really important. So. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Well, you've said it on a podcast now, both of you, so you have to make it happen. That's it how it happens. <laughs> Otherwise, just deleting this episode forever. <laughs> no, we're going to come and show it to you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dina Asher-Smith, and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys. Thank you, ladies, for coming on the pod. Um, thank you for being fans, because I know we always interact, and you always say, let's come on, and we've, it's been a pleasure having you. Um, good luck for anything you do later this year. 
um, hopefully there's some things that we can all get involved in. Um, and obviously, um, good luck for 2021, and we will, I'm sure, speak to you m many times before then. Um, just before we go, there's a few little things that I wanted to, to, to just mention pod-wise. First of all, I just wanted to say, well done for Guernsey Athletics, because they actually had the first British um, meeting last weekend. Um, the first socially distanced athletics meeting in the British Isles, so well done to them. And also, a few weeks ago, the um, YouTube channel, um, which is called uh, The Running Channel, and it's Anna and Andy Badley, we all remember Andy Badley, middle distance runner, mm. they said that we were one of their 10 favourite athletics podcasts. So okay. thank you very much for that. It's that's meant a lot. And obviously, since then, I've been on the channel, on their channel, it's awesome for like a sometime runner like myself. It is so good. It's got like all these tips for warm ups, for different strides to do. So much information that is not aimed at professional athletes. Is there anything on there to convince you to go out for a 10k run rather than have a biscuit? <laughs> I don't know. They, if they did that, that would be the number one because chocolate biscuits have been my downfall during lockdown. <laughs> this from the podcaster who turned up to a 4 pm record with a glass of red wine. <laughs> But I went on a, I did a, I did like a t it was a walk, it wasn't a run. I go on big walks every day, but I can't get, I can't get myself running. That's the problem. And Claire, isn't there some podcast awards that we were entered in that we need people to vote for us? Yes, we have actually been nominated by a couple of people for oh. a podcast award. Standby caller. <laughs> So you know I didn't know anything about it. That's absolutely fine. I'll just scrabble away underneath the bus you've just thrown me under. Um, <laughs> you sent it to me. Yeah, in like May. <laughs> The Podcast Awards are called the British Podcast Awards. I, I could have just winged that. I could have just picked that up and out. But we have been nominated by a couple of people um, for the podcast of the year, which is really, really wonderful. And if you enjoy our musings, rants, ravings and uh, mispronunciations, then you should get in on the action and give us a nominate. It would mean a lot. You can go to BritishPodcastAwards.com. takes all of 15 seconds to fill out a form and yeah please do it would, it would mean a lot i think we're nominating the sports podcast award i believe sure <laughs> <laughs> oh we're definitely going to win i'm enthusiastic campaigning on our own behalf <laughs> well listen we'll tweet about it anyway we'll find the link and we'll tweet it out to everybody but thank you very much for the, for the ladies for joining us today and thanks for the listeners for tuning in if they want to find us on Twitter, Claire, where can we find you? I'm at Claire underscore G Thomas. Baya, where can we find us on Twitter? At Straight Boys Podcast. On Twitter. Oh. <laughs> that was too good <laughs> to be true, wasn't it? Jazz and Morgan, you think that we do this as like a fake each time and it's like a little teehee lol, the boys can't remember the handles. They actually can't remember the handles. This happens every, every time. time. Baya, where can you find us on Twitter? <laughs> At Backstreet B. And what about Instagram? Backstreet Boys Podcast. Yes. So please join us there. Please tweet us, um, Instagram us, whatever you call it on Instagram. And if there's anything that we've been talking about over the last few weeks that you'd like to engage in the conversation, please let us know. Um, thank you very much. And we'll be back very soon. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. This is so nice. I've had such a fun time recording this one. It's been an absolute joy and a pleasure. It's really fun. Along. <laughs>